You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition. If you listen to this program, you know that Tuesdays are all about you. We are going to dive into listener questions, our two-minute drill as we approach the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55, Senior Bowl just passed. We could talk a little bit about that. We have got uh, new coordinators happening. We've got trades happening in the NFL, free agency, and the draft is on its way. So uh, there's really nothing off limits when it comes to the NFL offseason here. And we've got you covered daily on Locked On. Oh, on the Peacock and Williamson English. Almost, yeah, almost dropped the Locked On long. NFL there. It was so long that I was saying uh, <laughs> the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. I am Brian Peacock, my co-host Matt Williamson, if you are not familiar with us. Uh, I also host Locked On 49ers. Matt, former college pro scout, ESPN for about a decade, now writes at profootballnetwork.com. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL, and that's where those questions came onto our Twitter feeds here's a new one matt i gotta start here because this is the brand newest actually there's two breaking news stories that just came out one which has been a long time in the making since about 2014 ea sports just announced that their college football video game is coming back it had been canceled for years and now it is coming back we have uh ea sports the development of EA Sports College Football just uh, underway with the launch timing to come as the project progresses in the years ahead. Still two, three years away probably, but they uh, got through some legal stuff and they're bringing back the college football video game for EA Sports. I don't know if you're a big gamer, if you ever played the college game, but uh, to me, the college game was as fun as the NFL game and probably a lot more fun with recruiting and just the gameplay of it, even more fun than Madden. So I think a lot of people are going to be excited about that one. And I used to love back in the day, and I haven't played either one since about that time, 2014. But I used to love playing the college game. It came out first, and then you'd get these draft classes, and then you would import the players from the college game to the Madden game and then draft on there. That was my favorite part of the entire Madden and EA Sports franchise i don't know if you ever got into either one of those games it's funny uh, we, we, uh, it's been a while since we had this conversation but the only quote video games i play is, is kind of a an embarrassing one is plants vs oh, zombies yeah. 2 on my my ipad i do uh, remember but, that yeah plants yeah, vs yeah. zombies i didn't remember which the what the name of the game was <laughs> i love that though but I was never much of a gamer. I'm even, I mean, I had an Atari as a kid and my dad slept out and got me Pac-Man when that was new. But I mean, even in college, we played the EA um, hockey game, you know, where like Red Teeth store every time. Yeah. NHL, the the NHL like 94 was super fun. I loved those games in the, in the nineties. Yeah. And with the, with the one timers and yeah, Yeah. simplicity. Some glitches you could score every time, you know, (laughs) but that's about the last time I've really picked up a, here a joystick I, I assume they don't call him that anymore um but my son he's all about madden and in a way he's kind of like me like what i think i would loved about madden at his age is what he likes too is he builds the team i mean he trades first round picks for von miller mm-hmm. and that kind of thing as much as actually playing but he's up there in his room screaming at his friends all all, all the time playing madden <laughs> um were you a gamer are you a gamer um pre-kids are were you a gamer uh, i feel like i'm kind of missing that on my resume yeah no i 
I used to play a lot of video games back in the day, and uh, you know, I went from NES to the Super Nintendo and played a lot of games like that. The end of my career was sort of like around that time frame, 2014 or so. Um, I played some college football, played a little Madden since then, but not much. I used to play a lot of Halo. That was sort of the last big one for me yeah, that yeah. I got super into, and some of the multiplayer with having buddies over and uh, in college and stuff was it was a lot of fun. And we used to have a, a TV in the back room and a TV in the front room, and had a cable that linked them up so we could play four player Halo on one screen and four players on the other screen, and then play against each other. Um, that was wow. that was the max level for me, but I never got super super into gaming when things got really intense and and really when it stopped happening for me was when the online boom happened because i didn't like getting destroyed by like nine-year-olds in another country <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably awesome and yeah oh dude yeah amazing and they're talking smack to you in their little high voice they're like oh, i killed you like, i didn't like that too much <laughs> yeah uh, and i would imagine having a new baby if not everyone knows i mean your oh. son's a little getting up there in age but new babies probably aren't good for your gaming career no, no, not a lot of extra free time. <laughs> right, not a right. lot. Uh, here's an interesting story. Real here. quick on the college, though, oh, can yeah. you like recruit kids? Did you start? Yes. Can you team build that way? So one of the big things was they had the actual players before, and then they they got into some legal hot water there because you know the players obviously weren't getting paid for their likenesses, and they didn't have names, yeah, yeah. but they had all the real players and their real numbers and attributes and everything on all of the big time colleges. Uh, now they're going to have to do it with just completely fake players. But I'm sure people will go make their own rosters and, and edit things to where it's reality and it's the right number and the right name and the right player, but it's going to be all computer generated. But yeah, that's the fun of it. You recruit and then after four years, um, your your players and, and some of your players might leave early on you and head to the NFL and you could export the draft classes. So yeah, it's the whole wow. nine yards with recruiting and and the gameplay is pretty fun because it's different and you get a little run a little bit more of a you know an option type offense and stuff like that and, and pitch the ball in different ways and uh, different camera angles it just looks a little bit and plays a little bit different than Madden and in a lot of ways it was more fun. Was there some sort of licensing thing why it disappeared for a couple of years? Yeah, I think it was just that like uh, and and I don't know why it never came back in their current format because it's pretty easy because they can do licensing with the schools and the NCAA without having all the real players on there. So I don't know why they didn't just do that originally. So but hmm, that's that's the new plan. How about this one? I, I don't know if I've ever heard of this and maybe you have a reference to something like this going down before. ESPN is reporting that the Miami Dolphins are promoting Eric Studsville and George Godsey to co-offensive coordinators. Not yet set who will call the plays, but it will be a collaboration between the two to run the Dolphins offense. And that was reported by Cameron Wolf of ESPN. And that is a strange one. I don't know if I've ever heard of co-offensive coordinators in that sort of way. I've heard of, you know, run game, pass game coordinators, of which one of them was. Eric Studsville was the uh, running backs coach and run game coordinator before, so he gets promoted to co-offensive coordinator, and George Godsey was the tight ends coach who gets promoted to co-offensive coordinator. The guy who's calling the plays is the offensive coordinator. Is this going to break down like it did in um, in Atlanta when Jeff Ulbrich was calling plays on first and second down, and then um, Raheem Morris was calling yeah, third down plays? Morris, yeah. yeah, so run game, pass game calls. Uh, that, that's really interesting how that'll break down with co-offensive coordinators. It sounds to me like they didn't, they didn't know what to do. You know, I, like, it's not super inspiring to me. I, I, you, you would think you would have one guy that's like, oh, this is our guy. He is the brainchild. He is the offensive coordinator. Yeah, right. And it seems like a lot of hires now because the first waves go by, you know, people, especially from that respected city go, oh, okay. 
I don't really know that guy. I hope he's okay. You know, like and rarely right. are there tidal waves and big, exciting moves. That Atlanta defensive example is the only one I can remember, but I bet it's happened before. Um, but don't you really – it seems like you have, you better have pretty defined roles. Like you mentioned the Atlanta situation. You're in charge of first and second down. I was the blitz guy, third, long, you know, or whatever, which would make sense. Um, uh, but this is a little hairy, especially because the head coach is defensive-minded. But from what I've been told by many people is one of Flores's best attributes is as a communicator. So I would think that he communicates with these two, monitors it really well. There's a lot of back and forth, and he keeps what might be a a, a rocky ship, you know, on the tracks. You know, I mean, it, it keeps these two both, you know, in their in their lanes. I I'm all in on. Brian Flores, so I'm going to believe with this decision, but it's just an odd one, and I could see this turning out not great. And essentially, when they were looking for offensive coordinators, they were they were talking to a lot of you know big name coordinators with that run exciting offenses. And if you're trying to change your offense, promoting a guy who was under the offensive coordinator previously doesn't seem like the right option. I don't know. I, I just I have some yeah. reservations there, especially since the uh, the head coach isn't an offensive minded coach. And I mean, it'd be different if you were an established Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, you know, been around the block quarterback instead of, hey, you got to develop Tua and, you know, who's communicating with him? And um, it, it, it is, could be a little rocky. We'll find out. We'll, we'll have some answers to a lot of these questions. And uh, they will, uh, I don't know, is it even going to be Tua? I think there's still some questions there with the number three overall pick and some potentially blockbuster trades to happen with Deshaun Watson hanging out there in the breeze. Will he be moved? Miami could be one of those landing spots. We'll see. We'll find out uh, more to come when it comes to all of those types of things in this offseason. I want to have time to get to these questions. I want to talk a little bit about the senior bowl, which happened this weekend as well. Coming up on Peacock and Williamson. You can be assured that the Super Bowl is well covered when it comes to any number of odds and props and bets that you could make at bet online. They've got NFL futures, draft futures, NCAA football futures for 2022 national champions. There is only one place that has you covered and you can even get a little welcome bonus. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Not only NFL, there's table games. You like to play poker, blackjack, of course, NBA, Action now. NHL is happening. I've enjoyed seeing the NHL highlights. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code either. Locked on to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Quick reminder to everybody out there there's a brand new show here on the network, Locked On Today, which is hosted by Peter Bukowski. He's also the host of Locked on Packers, and he did host one of the days of our old Locked on NFL show, but now he's got this daily program. It's 20 minutes covering all the sports uh, going on, not just the NFL. It's a really cool show. It's one that you're going to want to hear every single day. Peter Bukowski does a great job with everything he does. It's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today podcast wherever you find your podcasts. We got multiple questions about the Senior Bowl, Matt. I don't know how locked in you were to the practices or watching the Senior Bowl game. Uh, I was just reading Daniel Jeremiah's 
top 10 winners from Senior Bowl week, and I saw a lot of the names, which which tends to happen when it comes to the Senior, senior Bowl. A lot of people that are there, a lot of the analysts always pop out the same names because the same players are dominating in practice all week long. I was doing some birthday activities, didn't get to see anything from the practice type stuff. I did watch the game, but uh, I wanted to know if you had any uh, thoughts on what you saw from the Senior Bowl. Anybody that popped for you? Yeah, and... Uh, full disclosure, it used to be the NFL Network would would give you like three or four hours of practice, to, you know, to watch, and I would watch every minute of that. This year, they only did a one hour recap show every night, and you saw a little bit and you know whatnot. And I listened to a bunch of podcasts of people that were there. I read every site that I could. You know, t- Tony Pauline with Pro Football Network did a really good job. Daniel Jeremiah, you know, Todd Mel, all those guys. So I read all their stuff. I watched the game, actually watched the game twice. So I'm a little dialed in, but unfortunately it's more secondhand information than I would love. But I do feel like I have a pretty good feel for it. And my first takeaway was this was a really talented senior bowl. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of maybe not top 10 type picks, but day two picks. I mean, that was a really good group. It didn't seem like there was people that didn't belong. Uh, I particularly like the offensive tackles, a couple centers I paid attention to, um, really good group of receivers. I mean, really good group of receivers, and the best receivers in this draft class weren't there, of course. Uh, it sounds like Mac Jones stole the show, and going back to our Friday show last week, you know, with Carolina um, coaching him all week, and he didn't play in the game, could they be infatuated with a guy like Matt Jones? And I'm hearing people say that, these top four quarterbacks are going to be gone in the top five, if not the top four. So could Mac Jones get in the eight, nine, 10, 11, mm. 12 conversation? You know, stranger things has happened. I didn't think Daniel Jones would be the fourth pick overall. Right. Uh, the sixth pick, I think, is where Daniel Jones went. Sixth, but okay, yeah, yeah. You no, know, I, I totally agree. And the Senior Bowl is a great place for that to happen. It happened for Philip Rivers back in the day who just retired and uh, you can make a lot of money at the senior bowl. And I think it was smart for Mac Jones to go there and prove he's the best guy there, wherever he shows up. And um, yeah, the, the latest mock draft from Joe Marino of the draft network that yeah, just right. dropped Monday had the top four quarterbacks going one, two, three, four. There were some trades to make that happen. And with the Atlanta Falcons taking a quarterback at four, there might be a lot of teams, you know, Detroit, San Francisco potentially is, is, Looks like they're in the market for quarterback. Um, obviously, the Panthers, Broncos, Patriots. That's just in the top 15. There's a ton of teams still after four that could be looking for a quarterback. So there's plenty of opportunity for a guy like Mac Jones to get drafted there. And I, I look at a team like the Patriots that have tried to find a, a Tom Brady-like quarterback when they drafted Jimmy sure. Garoppolo, when they drafted Jarrett Stidham, you know, not not a wow physical specimen, but someone they thought they could develop and and had some high level processing traits and, you know, had enough physical ability to be a really good NFL starter. Maybe Mac Jones is that type of player for the Patriots. Yeah. And in a year where you're going to have a harder time than ever finding all the information and spending time with these guys and getting all the data you want, you know, Bill just calls Nick and says, Hey, is Mac Jones for me? Nick says yes, and he picks. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> it's a quick conversation. Or yeah. who knows? Maybe uh, Miami swings a huge trade for Deshaun Watson, and Bill Belichick calls up his old buddy Brian Flores about Tua with that connection, and Nick and and Nick sure. Saban, and, and maybe Tua. I mean, there's just so many endless possibilities of where these quarterbacks could end up landing, whether it becomes the draft or trades. 
or free agency in the NFL this year. And by the way, you're 0 for 2 so far from last Friday's episode. That didn't last very long with Matthew Stafford going to L.A. <laughs> and Goff going to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still think, I mean, those are two massive dominoes to fall. And all of a sudden, like, if you're the Colts, you were kind of a loser in that trade. You know what I mean? Like, what's left for the Colts? You know, I mean, someone that has money and might want to give up first-round pick. I mean, you're settling for a Darnold or somebody that's less proven. Like, all of a sudden, the well got a little drier just with that mm-hmm. move. And, you know, where was I going with this? I, I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I certainly missed on those two. And I think there will be an awful lot of dominoes dropping. I'm still going to take the under on Adam Schefter's 18, though. I mean, it's <laughs> a big number. Yeah, I think you had you 13. You had 13 moving, and Goff wasn't one of them. So just Goff right. moving adds another one to that. And that's the kind of crazy domino that happens, because if one team you don't expect changes quarterbacks, well, now that's two. That's three teams potentially changing quarterbacks with how yeah. those dominoes oh, yeah. fall. It's amazing. Uh, back to the Senior Bowl really quick. Some players that jumped out to me. I think the biggest winner of the entire week was... Quinn Mainers, Miners from a yes, uh, yes. center from Wisconsin Whitewater, which is a, a name I had never heard in my life. And it's one of those stories that it, that's exactly what this bowl season is for. The the postgame all, all, college all-star bowl games are for. And a guy like that going to the senior bowl, who I think there had to be an injury or someone bowing out of the game for him, him to even get in there from a small school like Wisconsin Whitewater. And he was pancaking guys and proving he belongs. I mean, he made himself a ton of money, maybe going from a guy who's a, you know, sixth, seventh round undrafted player to maybe even day two. So uh, that was yeah, fantastic to see. Two. I love those types of stories. There's a couple of players from South Dakota State that aren't named Trey Lance, that are some big-time prospects. His number one receiver, Kate Johnson, had a pretty good week this week. And um, they've got an offensive tackle, Dylan uh, Reduns. Reduns, I think is his name. I'm not sure how you say um, it, but yeah, yeah, he looked good. And I like him a lot, too. So uh, there's some there's some good small school players to watch, which is one of the things I love about uh, Senior Bowl, seeing those guys that you don't get to see a lot of big-time football on Saturdays. Richie Grant from UCF is another one. The safety, I think, helped himself and made himself a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, those are all names that people were talking about for sure. Uh, we we have to mention Minerts though. I mean, uh, the uh, that's the Whitewater Center kid, and yeah, he he did all practice with like a Zeke cutoff jersey yes. with the abs out. <laughs> that's yeah, the added he, bonus he there. The yeah, flat. I mean, he's real flamboyant, not flamboyant, but he's very personable. And then they showed this like Rocky in Russia type video. He goes to some fishing camp up in Canada that his parents own. And throws logs around and wrestles with trees and basically fights bears and stuff. I mean, for for his training every year. And I guess he works out with the Watt brothers in Wisconsin. So super personable dude and really easy to root for. And kind of reminded me of like Ali Marpet when he went there, you know, from Hobart. Mm, I didn't know where Hobart was before uh, meeting Ali Marpet at the Senior Bowl, you know. And um, so some of these guys, that's a great forum. To show, hey, yeah, yeah, I can block the guys that are going to be accountants and ditch diggers on, uh, every Saturday, but I can also block the the NFL players that you line me up with here. Ali Marpet's teammate with the Bucks too, Alex Kappa, was another one from hum- yeah, Little Humboldt yeah. State, uh, an offensive yeah. lineman that just came out of nowhere. So, yeah, a lot of money to be made and a little bit of flair there. He's like the offensive line version of Gardner Minshew. And, uh, by the way, another quarterback that could be on the move, Gardner Minshew. Where will he end up? Will he stay there? Could he be somebody's backup? I think he would be a nice little stopgap type player for a team that maybe has a rookie that might not be ready to play yet. Yeah, um, I'd give up a fifth round pick for Minshew, and I think he's going to have a Ryan Fitzpatrick career, and that I mean that in a good way. 
You know what else I noticed at the Senior Bowl was a lot of small, a lot of guys that were shaped the same at wide receiver. It's going to be really hard to pick out which wide receiver you like in this class because there's not that six four dude who blazes who's going to be a, you know a top ten pick in the draft. And even those top guys aren't uh, you know even you know the the Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith. He's a little bit skinny, not the biggest guy. He's actually I think a little bit smaller than his teammate Jerry Judy was last year and Jerry Judy wasn't, you know, this physical specimen, even though, you know, he's six one, one ninety, with, uh, you know, some pretty good four, four speed. So that, and, uh, that was something that was evident. There's a lot of guys getting open, but it's like, which guy is this again? Which, which five, nine, 195 wide receiver is this, which five ten guy. So uh, that's going to be interesting where all these wide receivers fall. And every year it seems like there's a million good wide receivers in the draft a couple running backs I want to talk about Michael Carter was really good in the game running back out of North Carolina and Demetric Felton from UCLA is a very interesting one to me doing the reverse Antonio Gibson he's going to go from running back at UCLA to full-time wide receiver but could still do some running back type stuff he's about five eight and a half 190 can get open after the catch slot receiver. So a gadgety type player, I don't know how high a player like that can go, but I think he might've jumped into the round three range from being more of a day three guy. Uh, And I I like, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that can do some uh, very interesting things offensively scheme wise in the NFL that might be very good landing spot for a player like Demetric Felton. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Um, A lot of good receivers, predominantly slot types. Both these two running back receivers kind of look alike too as weapons receiving backs, short five, nine-ish, Austin Eckler feel to them, uh, especially the uh Carter. Um and Felton was the talk of, of 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 the whole senior bowl. I mean, it was constantly getting open, very explosive, short area quickness. But one thing I do hesitate, just a, a little scouting side note from my time at the senior bowl because I remember falling victim to this the first time I was down there. Players with that makeup, the all these 5'9", 5'10", 185-pound guys, whether you call them running backs, receivers, whatever, they're going to dominate down there. I mean, there's a lot of green grass to work with against a linebacker with a two-way go or a corner that didn't study you all week in your tendencies or, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's built for those guys. Absolutely. I remember uh, the Steelers drafted that small running back. Um, Dre Archer. Dre Archer, right. Yeah, yeah and like, right, right. you get the small speed guys. Can they handle the physicality when a DB gets their hands on you and is a grown man? Can you still get off of that press coverage and can you get open? That's the big question. Yeah, I, I remember, like I said, I was down there going, wow, this dude from the U is unbelievable. It was Sonoris Moss, Santana's younger yeah. brother. You know, perfect guy for that, you know, and Never really made it in the pros. I mean, like you would think, but you need to hold pull back the the, the excitement just a little for those style of space players because there's not that much space in the NFL. Let's get to some of these questions. Two minute drill, Matt. Coming up, we've got a lot of them. Let's see if we can go through these quickly. Next on Peacock and Williams. Now is the perfect time to make sure your vehicle is up to the task with inclement weather, whether it be snow or rain, wherever you are, make sure you got the right wiper blades in there. Your tires are on point. Safety for you and your family. Keep your car running smooth and get everything you need at rockauto.com. An amazing selection, easy to navigate website, reliably low prices. You don't need to look any further than rockauto.com. Classic cars, your daily driver, everything you need for your car or truck. They're a family-owned business, been around for 20 years, helping you find parts online 
at rockauto.com. No different price structures for mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. Reliably low prices. Right locked on in the box so they know we sent you. Go fix up that old car. Keep your new car running. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck could ever need. No two people are alike and no two tax returns are alike either. Thankfully, TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you got married this year and have some questions about how that will affect your filing status. Maybe you uh, have some business interests. Uh, Like me and a lot of hosts here on the network, we talk in our private DM all the time, and we're like, oh, thank goodness we have TurboTax here because I have so many questions about uh, what, what and how we should be filing our taxes. Maybe you want an expert just to walk you through the process step by step so you can make sure you didn't miss any deductions and, uh, you know, a new house you bought or anything like that. There's so many different wrinkles to it. Maximize your returns. TurboTax Live experts can help and give you the confidence you need to know that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit. Check it out. Intuit. TurboTax Live. Here we go, Matt. Two-minute drill. Let's get to Twitter and some of these questions. Let's start with Bradley here, talking about the big trade. Matthew Stafford to Los Angeles. He says, Matthew Stafford, 33 years old, zero playoff wins, zero division wins, 10 wins against teams which ended the season with a winning record. If he doesn't win a Super Bowl, the trade is a failure. Are the Rams in the same place that the Texans currently are in two years' time? Ooh, I don't think so. I mean, they're in it to win it and they're super aggressive. And so, yes, I mean, the bottom could fall out in in L.A. for sure. I mean, Aaron Donald's going to be 30 years old. Stafford's up in age. Whitworth's my age, it seems like. You know, like <laughs> yeah. there's some guys that are not young that are their building blocks. Even Jalen Ramsey now has been around five years. I mean, it's not like it's a super young core woods cup those guys have been around um so when it crashes it could crash very very strong i mean it'd be very rough obviously i don't see it in maybe three years maybe four years i think they're gonna be a big time contender for the next two a lot of that is faith in mcveigh um two notes about this trade that i just i didn't mention yesterday but i meant to is i didn't mention that the Lions just hired the, a, a guy from the Rams front office to be their GM. You know, like he knows golf extremely well. Brad Holmes, and it, yes. We just started talking so much trade. I just didn't, that didn't come out of my mouth yesterday, but I meant it to. And oh, by the way, by that hiring, the Rams picked up two future thirds because he's a minority candidate. So that, you know, I think those things are very, you know, prominent in this. I mean, this guy knows golf. I mean, he's been around him his entire career pretty much. Also, I think this is a wonderful case study in how many times we've said, boy, I'd love to see Stafford in X scheme or boy, Goff is being, you know, covered up by McVay, you know, now they're both going to have to like, now we're going to see it. You know what I mean? Like this is that experiment. This is trading places. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what this is. We'll find out because yes, for so long, for 10 years, we've been saying, oh man, if Stafford had this if if Stafford had blank and he did have some good teams he did have uh, one of the better defenses in the NFL one year and still didn't win a playoff Mm -hmm. game so there is I think some valid 
just because it happened so many times with Stafford. Like he didn't he, he didn't win. It took it, when you're that good of a quarterback, you're at least going to win sometimes. And he never really did. So I think that's a valid criticism of Matthew Stafford. By the way, good point about Brad Holmes being the new GM in Detroit, which I'm sure helped to grease the wheels on that trade with Matthew Stafford going to LA. Um in a lot of ways, if the bottom does fall out, because Stafford, I mean, he's taken a lot of hits in his career. Week one, he could, you know, his back, he gets his back broken, right? And right. where are the Rams if, if Matthew Stafford gets hurt and, and they have a couple superstars left on the team? And um, but, but you've talked about how they've added non-first-round picks, and so they do a have lot. some depth on the roster. They did lose their defensive coordinator. I'm fascinated to see how this goes for Los Angeles because it could go in a lot of directions. I think they're a, a big winner today because everyone's like, okay, cool, you upgraded a quarterback, but the bottom could fall out. And in a lot of ways, they'd be worse off than the Texans because the Texans, even with the debacle that they're in right now, they're, they could land three extra first-round picks and a bunch of other picks and be pretty good pretty soon if they hit on some of those draft picks. So that's not necessarily the worst place to be for the Rams if it doesn't work out. Now they don't have those draft picks and they don't have a, a lot of big-time talent on the roster. They could actually be in a worse spot. And in, and in that case, you know, Les Snead and Sean McVay, it's like, okay, guys, you gave it your shot. Now you got to go. So I could see a scenario where it does go pretty bad for the Los Angeles Rams. I just don't expect it to go that way. Not soon, but two years from now, you can you don't have to squint to say, boy, they got nothing. Here's one from Aaron. Who's your dark horse Super Bowl MVP? I'm going with A.B. Him winning seems like a bizarre but fitting way to end this season. Good one. I haven't thought about it much. Here's a real dark horse. Shaq Barrett. Or JPP. I think those are fantastic. JPP specifically because he did a number on the Packers backup offensive tackles. And with the Chiefs starting tackles out, now they've got a COVID situation there. Daniel uh, Kilgore, he's the backup. But, I mean, they're razor thin on the offensive line. Uh, In a lot of ways, I think that this game could come down to which team protects their quarterback best. And Kansas City is... Hurting. And, and I talked about it before. If Kansas City was down those offensive tackles last year, they would not have hoisted the Lombardi. It would have been the 49ers. So um, I, I think that cannot be overstated. And I think that's a fantastic dark horse there. One of those pass rushers for Tampa. Yeah. And I haven't looked at the MVP odds. I'm sure it's all Brady and Mahomes. And of course, that makes perfect sense. But Chris, jo- Chris Jones could wreck this game, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) he absolutely could. And at least Patrick Mahomes has that secondary ability to make plays if the pass rush is getting to him where Tom Brady does not. Um, Right. I mean, Chris Jones is is not what Brady wants to go against. Absolutely. I'm trying to find those uh, Super Bowl MVP odds, by the way, at Bet Online. I'll ask you one more question while I find those. Let's see here. We've got... Here's one from JDS, a frequent tweeter into the show. He says... Over under 10 games started by Jordan Love with the Packers. He's talking career. He's talking career games, not next year. I got to go over. Right? Yeah, you got to take the I over cuz he's cuz he's still currently a Packer. But right. I think that's a fair number because he may never become the starter for the Packers and in fact he might be on a different roster next year as you projected last Friday. Right. I, I, with all the quarterback mo- movement somebody's going to call the Packers about them, don't you think? I mean, if you missed Friday's episode, I had Washington signing Cam Newton and trading for Jordan Love. I mean, it seems like a logical idea to me, and I actually had a bunch of football team fans saying, 
I like that. I'm not big on Newton when you said that, but you'd get him cheap, and then you have somebody waiting in the wings, and maybe Newton doesn't hang there long. And so, I mean, what about the Bears? Oh, well, they wouldn't trade him to the Bears, but some of these, there's a couple teams that are in quarterback no man's land. I mean, I don't think the Steelers or Saints would be in that or Tampa right this minute, but some old quarterback without an obvious successor situation. By the way, I talked with Peter Bukowski. I was on the the Locked On Today, today actually, with Peter. And off the air, we talked about some some things, and, and he mentioned that podcast. And he, he started to think about it, and he thought, you know what? That might be the best fit for Jordan Love. And the Packers is the Packers utilizing Love in a trade-up in the first round to go get their corner at, say, pick 19, because the Packers are picking 29. Washington picking 19. He was all on board with that. He thought that is a fantastic fit. And maybe the Packers can parlay that into getting another player that helps them win in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for green Bay. So if I have to go back to the tweet, I mean, knock on wood, you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers rarely misses time. He's not going to give the starting job in the next three years. If love is even on the roster. So I'm going to go under. I mean, if he doesn't get traded this offseason and Rodgers is great again, how do you keep him next offseason? And the clock starts ticking, too. Uh, the, yeah, the, right. The thing we don't have, and the, only the Packers know, is what he looks like because there's no preseason games. And, and they don't even know. I mean, they know better true. than all of us times a million, but even they've never seen him play football against you know other people. That's, that's a very <laughs> good point. I mean? right. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic point. <laughs> Right. Hopefully we get a preseason this year. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean that just for development, games. like yeah. players need that, and and teams need that, and injuries that we saw this year. I mean, there's just so many reasons why. And hopefully, you know, training camp July. Hopefully those vaccines are in, and 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 we can get a little bit back to normal with the football schedule. That would be pretty fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm optimistic. I'm also optimistic, and this is a probably topic for after the Super Bowl. I think that cap number is going to be bigger than people think too. I'm here in 180, which is I not. Bet. I'll take the over, which is not the basement at least. So that that's right. good news that they're they're not talking about the basement and you know borrowing from future years. There's there's a number of options to to make it because I mean it could crush. Uh, it, it's in the best interest of both the NFL and the players to do something to keep that cap a little bit higher, and so star players aren't being dropped from teams when they shouldn't be. Right. I know they lost money, but the only thing they lost were fans. I mean, they played every game. Mm-hmm. TV was great, you know. I mean, I know that's a lot of parking and hot dogs and beers and ticket prices he didn't get. But, I mean, these billionaires can afford it. Right, and then it would be less fun because the offseason free agency would hurt a lot of teams and, and not, not a lot of teams would have money to spend. The next year, every team would have a ton of money to spend, so then players would get artificially paid too much. So even those right. two years out, it just makes too much sense. Yeah, I think they'll take a loan out against next year. All right. Good stuff, Matt. Thank you for all the questions. We only got to a couple, so we'll have to filter some more questions in through the rest of the week here as we head toward Super Bowl 55. This episode brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds, responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launched this month. At BlueNile.com, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launched January 18th, and you can see it exclusively at BlueNile.com. 
Be back tomorrow. We're doing it every day here. And some more of Matt Williamson's Dynasty rankings. We've got wide receivers and tight ends as well on deck. Williamson's Dynasty football rankings for 2021. We'll get into some of those tomorrow as well. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.